0: All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and man, do we have some recent developments that we got to talk about right off the bat. I'm sure, you know, wherever you're joining us, whether that's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, uh, Twitch, we're all over the place now. And we're going to be getting lots of questions today about health. Um, there are two significant injuries that have kind of taken place since the game ended. One was the Kyle Usechek injury where we found out it was going to be a knee sprain. An MCL sprain is the technical term that we got back. That's a four- to six-week timetable. You know, we, we, we talked about on the Instant Reaction Show the things that we were wanting to hear. Uh, the, the words we wanted to stay away with Usechek was ACL. Um, the next worst thing was MCL, which is what it ended up being. So good news is we get him back. So he, he's going to come back, uh, He's but it's four to six weeks timetable, which is gigantic, especially the fact that we already had our bye week. So, you know, for these players, you're kind of looking 12 to 13, week 12 to 13. And whenever I say these players, obviously everybody's jumping on, oh boy, Mike McGlinchey. If we were going to be having uh, kind of a worst case scenario on injuries, you know, if we go back and almost went through and dug through past episodes and said, you know, these are the positions where the least depth exists. The offensive tackle position was number one overall. It's not even close, and now we're out both tackles. So um, Staley, obviously, you know, fractured his his leg. He's still out. Now Mike McGlinchey, he got rolled up on it, and it. He came back in and actually played the game. He went out for a couple plays. Brunskill came in for like six snaps, and then uh, McGlinchey came back and finished the game. He got rolled up on actually by a guy that Kyle Juszczyk de (laughs) power-cleaned him into the back of McGlinchey. So that's kind of a big deal there. He had um, his knee scoped, and he is out an additional four to six weeks. So that's the bad news. And we're going to talk more about the adjustments and things like that, but we're also going to jump into uh, a little bit more detailed perspective of the win over the Browns just from the offensive side. So lots of stuff to get to today, and on top of that, I've got something special for you guys. Y'all ready for this? For this is for our viewing audience, so if you're listening to this um, wherever, you know, traditional podcast, just audio, that's okay, but I wanted to go ahead and step up my game. Here we go. Let's see it. And boom! Check that out. If you guys are joining us where video is available, um, I put together about fifteen to twenty offensive plays that I'm going to be talking about. Now, this isn't going to be my X's and O's breakdown episode. That's coming later this week. But I, I kind of wanted to create my own little highlight reel off of the coaches' footage, the end zone, and the all twenty-two to highlight just different plays and kind of see what's going on. So uh, enjoy those. That's just on a loop going throughout the rest of the podcast. So that is there for you guys. Look at us, getting all professional with video and all that stuff that is there. Um, Now, as as always, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate. Uh, Just throw those up in the chat there. I'd be happy to get to those. But um, So let's stay with this whole McGlinchey news thing. Because, you know, as of today, you know, I I think I don't think it's gonna change either. The offensive tackles for the 49ers going into our first divisional game against the defending division champs and NFC champs, if you will, the Los Angeles Rams, our tackles are wait for it. Ah, oh, Daniel Bruinskill on the right side and Justin School on the left side. Now, School played great. Uh, he had a very, very good game, uh, back-to-back good games. You know, if you just look at the penalties that took place in week three, then he had the bye week to prepare for week five. He played wonderful. We, we didn't really have any concerns there. Uh, yeah, uh, Garrett got a couple pressures against him, but that's it. The sack that Garrett got was actually against uh, McGlinchey on the right side, uh, offensive right side, coming off the defensive left. So, uh, the the I guess the best news is this. Um, <laughs> if there is a major weakness of the Rams' defense, which it's not a solid defense. It really isn't. They have a, amazing aggressive corners. They have pretty good depth at safety, even though they have some injuries. And we'll have an entire episode dedicated to just breaking down their film. But their defensive edge pressure is... It's here we go. Here's the word abysmal ding 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 everybody take a shot Uh, They're awful. They're really not good on the edge So as far as the standpoint of what makes them special It's aaron donald who has had a great kind of pro bowl season But not the defensive player of the year caliber that we're used to seeing from him Hopefully that continues into sunday's game, but it, it i'll say this um we're going to be okay this week the tackles are not going to cost us the game from a pass rush standpoint now does this affect our run game well of course it does it affects everything across the board but and you know i i put out a couple answers on twitter to this as well i really do not believe that Kyle Shanahan is going to adjust his play calling in the run game. I I don't think it is. The the Shanahans, whether it's Daddy Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, their scheme works. Period. It's just the zone running scheme works and because of pre-snap motions and all these things, they're able to create angles and get a very positive um, advantage in the run game. Now, does this mean we're going to lead the NFL in rushing and continue to do that? Hell no, we're not. Uh, But can we be a positive running team that averages north of four yards a carry without these three players I think that we can I I really really do and luckily for us we actually have a backfield now with incredible depth um, and so we can keep rushing those guys in there as of now we have three players in the top eight for yards per carry of the entire NFL three guys Matt Breida Um, All three of our running backs, Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. Um, Coleman looked really, really good this past week. So uh, really, really pleased with what he was able to put out there, the product-wise. So we'll have to see what happens. Now, our interior offensive line is still very, very... um, How do do I say this? The interior offensive line has outplayed anything that we would have thought they could have done. Uh, One of the main weaknesses going into the offseason was the guards... But uh, Mike Person has stepped up and played wonderful. Uh, He ranked as the number six best player on offense this past week. So we're going to go over top fives, bottom fives, all those things. Aaron Donald, uh, here's a question. Uh, You said their edge pressure is abysmal. He said that, so I'm allowed to quote him. They do put Aaron Donald on the edge sometimes. Yes, they do. Um, Aaron Donald is wonderful. But those are going to be, he might play on the edge maybe six to seven snaps a game. Um, We will be able to help out with wherever he does go. Does that mean Aaron Donald's not going to get a sack? Hell no. He's Aaron Donald. But we've got to limit the other plays. So the running game I don't think is adjusted near as much as everybody is expecting. I really don't believe that is the case. Now our personnel grouping is going to change much more so because of check than it is McGlinchey. Uh, Brunskill knows the system. Uh, not a lot of change. He knows the playbook inside and out. He's played three separate positions on this offensive line throughout the offseason and preseason training camp, all that stuff. So he is ready, ready to go. Um, hey, Hang in there, Cursey parrot. <laughs> I say his is is i hate everything i feel you man everything sucks i feel you and here's the deal and you know i feel like i've been doing a little bit of therapy on twitter lately calm down take deep breaths guys uh and girls it's okay we're gonna be all right the 49ers are okay one we're four and oh which is great. Were we going to run the table and be 16-0? and 0? Hey, man, every team in the history of the NFL wants to do it. One team has done it through the regular season. That was Patriots, and they lost the Super Bowl that year. So uh, what we have to do is realize this. This offense is still going to be efficient. Are we going to have bad games? Hell yeah. Are we going to have a bad game this week? It continues to trend that direction. Now, what's interesting is Vegas has not caught up to that yet, um, and, and it It's funny, you know, we opened up as soon as the Monday Night Football game end and all of the prop bets and everything start coming out, we were three and a half point um, underdogs. So we were getting points from Vegas three and a That has actually dropped. It's now at three points and the over and under has gone up. It was at 48 and a half. Now it's 50 and a half points. So Vegas still has not caught on. So let let me say this, okay, and I don't advise doing this, but this is for you people that are super, super sad and ready to just call it quits. Here's what I'm going to say. Head over to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers as always, and if you really think the 49ers season is over, bet against us. Go ahead. Um, I do not advocate that, but if that's what you want to do, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, if you're one of those complainers, the sky's falling people, head over there, uh, take the Rams, put your money down over there, do what you got to do. But I'm telling you this right now, we have had a lot of injuries in the past. Every team in the NFL, we are not special. Now, the one area that is special about the 49ers is all of our injuries, or our two most significant injuries, have happened at the same point position, which is the offensive tackle. Both first rounders. Um, that is huge. The use check injury is concerning. We are going to be using much more tight ends now. Roz Dwelly snap counts going to shoot through the roof. Tololo's snap counts going to shoot through the roof. I think that we'll see continue to see Roz Dwelly in the backfield, kind of in that use check role. Is he use check? Hell no. Nobody is. I, I really do wish that we could get um, another tackle or we could get um, another fullback, but we're We're not going to. You don't want to mortgage the future. Again, we don't have a second-round pick, so are you comfortable trading a third-round pick for somebody? Again, who's out there? Uh, A lot of people keep throwing out Trent Williams, but again, I just tweeted this out. There was never a day in hell that um, the Washington Redskins were going to help out Kyle Shanahan. They hate the Shanahan family. They had one of the worst breakups ever. Whenever Daddy Shanahan was coaching there, that relationship's awful. So I don't, they would rather, this is the tweet I sent out, they would rather be the worst franchise in all of pro sports than help out Kyle Shanahan. And congratulations, they have achieved that. Uh, they're a laughing stock. They're a joke. Um, it's so bad Trent Williams willing to use lose $700,000 a week to not play for them. He's fully healthy. Finally, they tried to force him to play when he was healthy. But uh, anyway, we're not getting him. Even if we were going to get him, we'd have to do like a first um, Solomon Thomas and a quarterback, maybe more, and then still probably couldn't get him. So uh, that's not going to happen. I really do wish it could happen. Um, I, I would pay up big time. Uh, for Trent Williams, but it's just, it's not going to happen. What we are going to do is I think Sam Young's going to be active as our swing tackle. Gosh, that's so sad. Um, Again, the tackle position is a mess. Now, not in the run game. Again, if you look at Bruinskill, he he could play guard. Like that's how efficient he is blocking in the run game. Uh, Justin school blocked very, very well in the run game. So like, we're just okay there. The main issues is going to be in the pass game. And the easiest way to counteract that or to stop that is by throwing the ball quickly, uh, which the 49ers have done, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been sacked four times and four starts, which makes him the 35th most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Uh, there's only 32 teams. So that means, three teams have been sacked more t- have two quarterbacks that have been sacked more times than the 49ers so Kyle Shanahan's doing some great things you got to move the pocket a little bit you got to do more play action which yeah you know, I I'm a huge play action guy and so more play action more quick pass game and I think if we do that we're going to be just okay um, and, and again you rely on your backs you rely on George Kittle you rely on two tight end sets and it, we're going to be okay the offense is going to be okay and and here's the stark reality the 2019 49ers the defense is the strength the defense is guiding this whole thing you go back to the game where we have five damn turnovers against the steelers but we're still uh, uh, still get the victory the defense is what is making this team special so we've got to hold on to that and the new philosophy is this Hey, if we score 20 points, we are going to win. We haven't allowed a team to score over 20 points yet this season. Uh, week 1, we gave up 17. Week 2, 17. Week 3, 20. And then the awful Baker Mayfield led Browns. I'm going to throw as much dirt on that guy as I can all season. Um, only three points. So... Um, that's the thing. Defense is going to continue to win things. Um, so we're going to have a full episode dedicated to the defense. But what I want to do now is I want to jump over, um, give Pro Football Focus some love. If you like them, if you hate them, I don't care. But what the one thing that we can take away from is their metrics are pretty solid because it gives us a good snapshot of how people played, snap counts, things like that. So uh, let's jump in. The top five players according to Pro Football Focus, Matt Breida with an 83 point. 6 George Kittle 82.3 Kendrick Bourne even though he only got 16 snaps he didn't have a drop this week made two great catches and even got some yards after the catch and broke a tile which was wonderful uh, tackle which was wonderful Mike McGlinchey was the number four best player 78.4 even though he gave up a sack um, even though he missed a couple blocks um, he was able to deplete some guys throughout this his run blocking grade has just been wonderful so uh, obviously that's going to hurt I shouldn't have said that. Now I heard again. I I talked myself out of sadness, and now I'm back in the hole. (laughs) Tevin Coleman, 75.0. And there's a lot of positive scores. So the way that pro football focus kind of scores everything, if you're in the 90s, that is elite. Um, If you are in the 80s, that is a positive starter. And 70s is a quality starter. And then once you get down to the 60s, that's where you kind of hurt your team. But these players all graded out positive. Uh, Person, school, man, Justin School played great. He played wonderful. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, Kyle Juszczyk, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, the flip side of that. Let's look at the negative side. Okay, The worst-rated player on the offensive side for the 49ers, Levine Toilolo, only played 17 snaps. I do think that he's going to see an increase in that. And, again, his problem is always run blocking. Um, He had a 70.2-grade pass blocking and a 50.3-grade run blocking and drew a penalty as well. Dante Pettis. Oh boy. Um yeah, forty-five point six. I don't know I have always been on the Dante Pettis bandwagon before we drafted him. I was really, really high on him coming out of college. There is something psychological going on with this guy. It has nothing to do um. Man, I don't know. It it has nothing to do with his talent. It has, it's it's all upstairs. You know that he if he catches that slant pass, in the last play of the game for the offense, uh, game's over. And you saw Jimmy Garoppolo's reaction. He just starts cussing uh, like crazy. He he really really does, and he is pissed off. Everybody's pissed off at him, so he's gonna have to find a spot. Personally, I want Dante Pettis returning punts. Um, that's his most natural gift to the game of football. The greatest you know, punt returner in college football history. Let's try to see if we can build confidence slowly there, but I want to snap counts, start going down. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, That's rough, but um, anyway. Roz Dwelly, third worst-rated player, 50.3. Richie James with the 57.9. He only played six snaps on offense. Um but he didn't really contribute anything positive there. He did have the one great return and then two dumb returns. I get a lot of flack for any time I call Richie James out on anything. but uh, So, yeah, go ahead and bring the heat. That's okay. And then Daniel Brunskill, who only played six plays. Again, you, you, this is the difference, right? Uh, you go from uh, the number four rated guy, McGlinchey, to the fifth worst player, Brunskill. And so there is a major drop-off there. And Debo Samuel was the sixth worst with the 61.7. He continues with drops. Um, Man, his snap counts are going down week after week. So if we just look at snap counts from the wide receiver position, you know, um, Dante Pettis led the team in snaps again with 47. Marquise Goodwin, 46. Debo, 35. Um, Then we go down to Kendrick Bourne, 16. And then we've got Richie James at 6. So uh, Jordan Matthews is going to come back this week. He is going to be active in all likelihood. I could definitely see him taking some of those snaps from uh, Dante Pettis and Richie James, which I guess Richie James is going to have to keep some snaps just to keep getting playing time. But uh, that's what it is. Now, what I want to do now, here let's see here Um, are we going to be the same team here's a question real quick are we going to be the same team on the road with less time to prepare with the Rams uh, missing McGlinchey and Juice well here's the deal the one thing about the Rams we know them very well they've had the exact same coaching staff on offense and defense for two years now the exact same amount of time that we have had our guys so uh, they know each other well we've played them four times as a coaching staff this will be our fifth time so as far as install and things like that throughout the week yeah we're on one day short which cramps everything together uh but the good news is this both brunskill and school have been with us all year so they haven't missed really anything brunskill left for a little bit when, when he was waived he was brought back um but we're gonna be just okay um it always helps having more time, and we saw that in the bye week. But we're going to be just fine. I'm not too worried about that. So, uh, next question right here: Are you more concerned about our offense or defense versus the Rams? I'm not concerned about our defense. I'm not concerned about our defense at all. Um, the Rams have the potential to be one of a top three offense. Always, they have struggled a little bit this year, but I am very excited personally. Uh, you know, whenever we rank the games out. Of the 49ers schedule. Uh, you know, I did a whole entire schedule episode. I'd have to open up everything. But this was the number two most difficult game on our schedule uh, to start the year. You know, during the offseason. Number one, I, I thought was at the Saints. And number two was at the Rams. So if we can get this game... I, I th- Shoot. <laughs> if we can win this game without those three key players on offense on the road against the defending NFC champs, then... Yeah, part of my French. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> it's it's got to be crazy. Yeah, four and zero is amazing. Nobody thought we would be here, myself included. You got to be very very happy with the start. The Rams have struggled a little bit. Obviously, three and two. They've dropped two games. Uh, they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks and then to the Seattle Seahawks when they missed the field goal late. But I want to see how good our defense is and McVeigh's system is one of the best in the NFL. I want to see how we're going to manage going against three stud-wide receivers and a great offensive line. Now, you can say whatever you want about Jared Goff. I'm not the biggest Goff fan. However, he is very efficient in a system quarterback. So if we can get pressure on Jared Goff then our defense is as advertised and it's going to be wonderful. What what are the keys to the game? Uh again, you know, I've watched all of the Rams games, but I haven't watched their coaches film and I haven't broke down their tendencies or anything. Um so I want to hold off to that. I'll have that episode probably come out Friday or Saturday. Um uh, it seems like whenever I do Saturday episodes, you guys love it a lot more. <laughs> um but um anyway, I, I teach. I'm helping out with uh stuff all day Saturday at the school I'm at, but uh I'll find a way to get something out Friday or Saturday for sure. Uh, So we'll get something coming to you guys. Uh, next question: Any doubt we can stop the run um, and sack their quarterback? Stop the run, one hundred percent, zero concern. We might have the best run defense in the NFL, which is crazy. Whenever you look how great our running offense is, our our, our teams finally complementary of each other on both sides, uh, which is wonderful. You know that's exactly what you want. And a, again, these numbers are different. You know, I tweeted this out, but here are our offensive ranks. Um, through four weeks and these are per game basis not overall so points scored we are second in the nfl total yards fourth in the entire nfl and yards per game now if we look at first down seventh now we don't throw the ball very much we've only attempted the 30th most passes so there's only two teams that throw the ball less than us however we are better than average in touchdown passes and we're fourth in the NFL in net yards per pass attempt. Again, Kyle Shanahan brings this efficiency to the offense to where you don't have to pass the ball like crazy, but whenever you do pass the ball, it's going to be very efficient. Uh, We are at 7.7 yards per attempt. That is wonderful. Anything over seven is uh, great. We're only allowing five yards per attempt. So for every pass attempted by them, we get an additional 2.7 yards. You'd love to be on the positive side of that. Uh, We lead the the league in rush yards and rushing attempts. We are the most run-heavy team in the NFL. 57% of our plays are running plays so far. Will that change with these three guys out? I don't think it does, um, but obviously our yards per attempt are going to go down, which we are sixth in the NFL, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, I looked, all of the teams above us have all played Miami. <laughs> we, so, uh, by far the worst team in the NFL. Them are the Redskins, we're going to find out this week, but um, 5.2 yards per carry of on 154 attempts, is that's bananas. We have exactly 800 yards rushing through four games, so we're averaging exactly to the yard um, 200 yards per game. No way we can maintain that season long, even if everybody was healthy, but man, you've got to love that. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting as well We lead the entire NFL in starting field position. Um, We start at the, our average start is at the 33.2. And a big reason why we have that again, trying to focus on the offense, is because we lead the NFL in turnovers. What the hell? how did we go from the worst team in the history of the NFL in forced turnovers to leading the NFL in turnovers? So, uh, it, it's fascinating to say the least, just how, the difference. A few players make our, our pass rush, you know, with D Ford, who again, not playing many snaps, his knee flared up over the bye week um, had some issues. He's not getting a lot of snaps. I think he had 17, but Bosa, good gosh. Um, uh, just got named NFC Defensive Player of the Week, and he lost a sack. Um, should have had three sacks instead of two, but um, anyway, that's what it is. Um, all right, so a couple one things that I just want to talk about real quick as we get into this with pressures. So here's the deal. Um I don't understand how we have been able to keep Jimmy Garoppolo upright so well, but it's been wonderful. We gave up one sack, and he didn't get hit the rest of the game. Miles Garrett got in his face one time, but it wasn't even classified as a hit. Um, We only allowed five pressures uh, total outside of that sack. So absolutely great job up front from the entire offensive line. And then you can't even give it just to the five guys, you know, our offensive linemen, we have tight ends coming in. We have fullbacks helping out. We have running backs helping out. And, you know, I, am not the biggest Tevin Coleman fan, but golly, he played wonderful and he got a couple great blocks. I don't know if you could see one of them on here. Uh, They're on the feed. If you're watching it on YouTube or Twitter, Uh, he just totally steps up and pancakes a guy. He played wonderful. Now, the rushing grades obviously are going to just be um, stupid. <laughs> uh, Matt Breida forced three missed tackles. Tevin Coleman two. Raheem Moster two. George Kittle one. He only had one rushing attempt on the like tight end end around slash jet sweep. I don't think you can call it a jet sweep. Whatever, it's a tight end. Maybe like a, I don't know a jumbo sweep or something. It's got a. He's not a blazer. But we were able to force a lot of missed tackles, eight alone in the running game. And Tevin Coleman had five runs for 10 yards or more on 16 carries. Uh, just wonderful job. He put up 55 yards after contact. Matt Breida, 23 yards after contact. And Mostert, 26 yards after contact, even though he only got seven carries. But I love this formula, you know. Um, I would prefer Matt Breida to obviously have way more snaps and way more touches, but as long as Breida's healthy, our team's going to be just fine. Um, now, as far as the workload goes, Breida got 11 rush attempts, Coleman 16, and Raheem Mostert only got seven. I think that we're going to stay kind of with that formula, I don't think it's going to change too much. Now, from just a schematic standpoint, we loved running the ball off of the right side of our offense. Uh, we had seven rush attempts uh, right behind the right guard and seven off of McGlinchey's kind of hip and the tight end to that side. That Those were the two most targeted areas in the running game. And it wasn't so much like we were staying away from Justin school. The very first play of the game where Breida takes it to the house, we run it right behind Justin School, lined up against Miles Garrett. What a just, man, absolutely wonderful coaching decision to build confidence on a young rookie starting the left tackle against one of the best players in the NFL. Just, just wonderful. So it's something to look at. Just the way that Kyle Shanahan has these guys believing in themselves is pretty special um and it doesn't matter who it is now what what do you do with brune skill out there? yeah, I don't know <laughs> we will just have to wait and see for sure there now passing grades do want to highlight just a couple things about Jimmy Garoppolo so efficient um definitely had a wonderful he did have one dropped pass he had another batted pass and then he got a sack. But he was efficient everywhere. One for one on deep passes. That's the touchdown to George Kittle. Uh, And whenever I say deep passes, these are balls that traveled more than 20 yards in the air before they got to the wide receiver. He was one for one on that. And he was great from 10 to 20 as well. Um, He goes five for 10. Uh, Oh, sorry. My – Math is wrong there. Anyway, he goes six for eleven, um, and yards travel passes traveling ten plus yards. Uh, didn't have any problems whatsoever. You know, up front Th- they blitz like crazy. Uh, they blitz ten times uh, throughout the course of the game, and you know they weren't our best plays. Jimmy Garoppolo goes two for five, but a lot of those happened at the end in the second half. Whenever he would see the pressure coming, and he. The few passes, one of them was a back foot throw to Kittle. He just decided, you know what, be safe. The only way we're going to lose this game is if I try to force stuff. And he didn't force it. He he really didn't. Jimmy Garoppolo usually has quite a few 50-50 balls, but he didn't have any this game. He really, really didn't. But with no pressure, he goes 18 for 24, 151 yards, and two touchdowns. We're not going to see the same thing next week against Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips is going to be bringing some pressure uh, for sure. Now couple things that I do want to bring up before um, I jump off. Two major announcements. Number one, um, I am going to be at the game with my family this week. It is at, in L.A. I live in Pasadena, so I'm taking uh, the whole Chapman family out there. So the after-reaction show is going to take some time. But if you are in the L.A. area or you're wanting to go down there, I'm going to be taking part in the L.A. Takeover. Um, it's on Facebook. It's $15. There's no pre-tickets, but you can go join it, and it shows you the map and where they're going to be meeting up. But it's $15 that covers food and a couple beers. So if you would like to meet up, I'll be out there as soon as gates open probably. So um, I'll be wearing my 49ers Rush shirt. So if you see me out there, please come say hi. Uh, I'd love to just kind of drink a beer and talk football with everybody and just uh, put a face to all the people that that are on here. And also I want to give a shout out to the FFF on Facebook, uh, the 49ers Faithful Forum, which I have uh, recently joined. Reached out to those guys. I love what they do. And one of my favorite things about them is it brings the fans together through a different format. Obviously, I have the podcast and the video and that stuff, but it's a great uh, way just for fans to argue back and forth, like some of you guys are doing right now in the comments section. So, again, 49ers Faithful Forum, uh, go join them on Facebook if you're a Facebook user. Uh, Awesome conversations, learning a lot just through uh, talking back and forth with the other fans and the faithful. So, uh, just a couple things to look forward to there, but I've got a lot of stuff coming up. As you can see, uh, we continue to add more and more multimedia to everything that is the 49ers rush podcast and i really do want this to be something that's special so if you guys have any ideas or stuff that you want me to kind of put up there please let me know because i'm going to try to find a way to get you guys the best content whatever the hell that is i'm awful with technology but we're figuring some stuff out and i want to keep bringing all of this kind of stuff to you guys um just just because I think it's fun, and we have the best fan base out there, so why not figure out ways to get them what they want? A couple other questions before I jump off. Um, We've played against the Rams defense before. What is the biggest problem facing them? Uh, Definitely interior pressure and long sustained drives on the opposite side. Um, One of the things that McVay is great at is he is able to sustain very, very long drives because it's an efficient system and uh, his passing uh, combinations, his route combinations are very, very difficult to defend because if you're in man, he's going to find out and pick you apart. If you're in zone, he's going to find out and pick you apart. He is wonderful. Um, I don't want to get into a McVay love fest, but um, as a defensive, former defensive coach, those are the kind of guys. You know, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, McVay. These are the type of coaches that just scare the hell out of you. I uh, probably got to put Frank Reich up there, too. Uh, he's been wonderful. Uh, what will the 49ers do with the losses of McGlinchy and Kyle? Again, this question we talked about earlier, but I don't think we're bringing anybody new in. And I think the biggest change is going to take place in the passing game. you got to keep using quick passes and more play-action passes to stretch the field vertically. Um, so more play-action and then, again, a lot of just quick pass game stuff. I, I don't think the run game changes too much. We'll have two tight ends. That's going to be the biggest change on almost every play. Um, and I do think that we will motion out where we'll look like we're in 22 personnel or 21 personnel or 12 personnel um, because Roz Dwelly will be used as a fullback and we'll motion motion out into empty sets, or we'll line up in empty sets and then motion back into a jumbo-type look. So it's going to be a lot of that stuff going back and forth. Um, Real quick, what is going on with our kicking game? Holy cow, great question. You know, I went back and looked at all the kicks today from the end zone angle because, you know, the NFL finally released the footage. It took them a while, but the game was on Monday night. Uh, The first kick was a perfect snap, perfect hold, bad kick, okay? Second one was a bad snap third one wasn't the best snap, but um, it probably was going to be good and it got blocked. So uh, that was a bad protection on Eric Armstead. It was an awful protection. He did slow him down, which is he he controlled the inside gap, which is first responsibility being on the outside. He just didn't get to extend and slow down um, the outside speed rusher. So, yeah, first one, kicker fault. You got to put that on Robbie Gold. It was a long kick, but still should have made it. Second one was a bad snap. Third one, bad protection. Not a great snap. So uh, we don't get our (laughs) suspended long snapper uh, back until week 13. So we have a while. I think it actually week 12, week 12. He's on a 10 game suspension plus the bye week We get him back week 10. Um, all right, then a couple more questions before I jump off. Uh, just want to say thank you again to everybody. This is awesome. Um, yeah, the question, Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, not close. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, 100%. Um, it's Kyle Shanahan. It's not close, not close, not close. um, yeah Kyle Shannon. I love the arguing going on in the Twitters lots of cuss words that's wonderful uh, love that stuff but anyway just want to say thanks as always guys uh, we've got a lot more stuff coming up I'm hoping to release two different video breakdowns this week why not let's just keep adding to the plate of the Niners Rush and if you haven't already please head over to NinersRush.com uh, we just put up another article that is awesome um, and if you haven't already followed me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman that is there for you as well but we will be back with you tomorrow with the defensive breakdown uh snap counts pressures all that kind of stuff and more questions hopefully we get a little bit more answers into what's going to be taking place this sunday but until then just want to say thank you all really appreciate all the support that's growing this podcast is it's blowing up uh so just want to say thank you everybody for that but um until then i will be talking with you guys soon stay strong faithful save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app